Uh, hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Wolves Fancast. And joining me on this crisp Christmas Eve, Adam's here, everybody. Joining everyone on the sofa. Yeah, we've uh, decanted once again here at Fancast HQ. Let's see how long that lasts for. Uh, Adam's here, anyway. So hello. hello. There we go. Hello. People want to know. I am here. Yeah. We'll talk about why people want to know as well in a sec. But uh, Stu's here as I well. I think decanting is the way to go. I think so, it's yeah. It's much more comfortable here. It is. More relaxed atmosphere. It's more Christmassy now as well. Yeah, I think so. Especially now that Stu's got the jumper on. And the socks. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing Stu walk down the street in full Christmas gear, it's, it's a daunting yeah. sight, you know, because you just think some out of the eyes. You, just, you can wear an elf hat. So yeah, you but I'm the size of an elf. <laughs> Dan's here, by the way. Just I'm so sat you know. on a puff. <laughs> the first yeah. time in a long while. I only have wooden chairs at home. <laughs> or just people. Or just people. They just become your furniture. Yeah. Usually on people's shoulders because the height issue and stuff. <laughs> Okay, on the podcast this week, we're going to talk about Newcastle. We'll preview the game against Bournemouth and other things. Gentlemen, at the end of the podcast last week, I jokingly said we'll be coming back to uh, talk about back-to-back wings. And look at what a prophecy I am. Clairvoyant you are. Back-to-back wings, people. Never worried. Never worried. I think president of Positive Club. Yeah, I was he never, never worried. Was negative Club, was he? Never. Never worried whatsoever. Let's talk about transfer rumours first. And the first one is our boy Jimenez. The rumour is that Wolves are looking to make that loan switch permanent for €38 million Euros or £34 million pound in today's currency. Could be obviously less or more. I don't know how it would work with Brexit, but one of those. There's a Brexit joke there, isn't there? Yeah. slides or not. Yeah. Uh, what do we think? Because I think wasn't the release clause or the, the, the amount that was reported £30 million anyway when the loan first started? There's a lot of people who I've seen obviously on the Twitter sphere saying that's too much money. But surely it's basically around the money that has been set anyway. And if it's if it's gone up, then it's going to be on performances and positional finishes. You think? Because why? Why else would he go up for by four million quid? Doesn't make any sense. But for his contribution, you can't argue with that. No problem with it whatsoever. No transfer fee sensible anymore anyway. So as long as we've got the money, which we clearly have, and we're in the top half when we buy him, then job done. How old is he now? Yeah, that old is he? Twenty, twenty-five, twenty-six. I can't tell anymore. Quickly, these Google, players. Adam. Quickly, <laughs> just, just keep talking. Cause cause, yeah, they just those two like never. They'll give him like a five, six, seven-year deal, and they'll just spread the cost winning. So it ain't really that much of a. Exactly, it'll be like Liverpool paid thirty-five million for Andy Carroll. <laughs> yeah, and that was how long ago was that? Five, six years ago. That was the old point. If you if. If you could spread it over a decent time, like Liverpool planned with Andy Carroll, £35 million over a 10-year period as their number nine. It would have been like £3.5 million pound a year, which would have been good money, but it flopped. 27. So, yeah. yeah. So he's 27. He's prime. I thought he was younger than yeah. that. So you, you'd expect him to have it for, on a four-year deal. you got the uh, the prime of a striker's life. There's some kind of Disney song in there. <laughs> but for €35 million, Euros, for someone who's, who would be proven in the Premier League, who's essential to the way our team play, then of course... I was gonna say I, you, I just was gonna say what you said. Then he, he clearly fits into our style of play, and it's working with him, mm-hmm. and with different prospects up front without him. And when I, when I say a different prospect, less of a prospect without so him. Repeat everything I say on on every episode. When we play well, he plays well. He when he plays well, we play well. Yeah, because everything defense attack it all starts from the top, doesn't it? And he's the one who is at the forefront of it. 
We definitely ball boys play well with front. We definitely don't play as well with Adama Traore up front. Oh <laughs> yes. So but we'll get to that. We'll get one, to one that. Assumes. Talking of Traore, of course, the other rumour uh, coming out this week is that Minsborough have apparently want him back on loan in January. Now, would you welcome? Already a Adamama Troy exit in January, a yeah. record signing. Yeah, because he's been shit. He's done absolutely. He's, apart from West Ham, in the, the last ten minutes when he came on, what has he actually done for us? That was almost like a bit of a defining moment for him because if he doesn't bury that chance, I wonder how many cha- how, how much game time he gets after that. He's done nothing at all. Did well when he came on against Man City. Yeah, but it's easy to raise your game against big teams, eh? And how many games ago was that now? Yeah. Really? You look at everyone else. He set up Bonatini in the League Cup. (laughs) If you can set up Bonatini for a goal, you've got to be doing something well. Even in that game, it it was was completely anonymous in the first half. It was only in the second half when people started getting on his back and he started trying to take six on at once. But then you've got Jota coming back, who did that on Sunday anyway. (laughs) who was doing it last season he's just been a waste of money a complete not a waste of money me and Andy had the same thing that you worry that is he going to be the Adama Troy or Ray that's just a a one trick pony and he is that's all he is he's got no he's got some close control but he's got no brain because you kind of get the feeling that we bought him in essence because of his pace and in the Premier League pace is king in some ways but I don't want to go too much into it now because obviously talk about it in Newcastle but there just seems to be times where ball controlled and just He's looking at the ground constantly when he's got the ball. He's, he's highly frustrating to watch. That's no, no doubt about it. And um, when we first, I, I loved him when he first started because he was just something a bit different. Where a man of that, I'm just, we were all just sat here looking at him, this man of immense size, but he can just be that fast. So this, this guy is not human. And then initially, his first couple of sub appearances, he did. He was a bit different because he was just taking players on. They couldn't seem to get the ball off him. Then West Ham was obviously his highlight. But then since then. You just, you just want to tell your season, take it up and throw it at him because. He's like, yep, I've done what I need to do, got my goal. Yeah, well, he just, <sighs> just, just, just runs into people, or his first touch literally goes 10 yards ahead of him. Mm. There's one, uh, we'll come, probably talk about more in the game, but the Newcastle game, where just the ball just. He, he takes his first touch and it's just it's gone 10 yards from I mean, to, not to try and defend him, there, were, there are games where the game plan is from the opposition to put three or four people on him. Oh, yeah. That's, that's Which is going to be, even with all the pace in the world, that's going to be difficult to. Yeah, but if you've got if you've got two or three people on him, then there's space for everyone else. Mm. But he ruins it and he cocks it up every time by just losing the ball. He's got he's like a shitter version of George and That's what he is. I mean, they even said it when the the, the um, on match of the day two they were into, talking to Nuno about why he was playing. I think he was Waddle asking why he was playing in the middle rather than out wide, and he was like coming up with saying he's got to learn, he's got to learn, and he's. He just he, he's come here and he was like saying, "Well, we've tried him on." He's pretty much saying, "We've tried him on the wing, and he's been that bad. We've got, we might as well just try him up front to give him and as a rest because he ran himself into the ground against Chelsea." For the record, though, I I wouldn't lay him out. I'd still I'd still keep him for the rest of the season. I wouldn't get rid of him this quickly. I would try continue. I would can you continue persisting with him? But um, he does need to raise his game. St- well, Stu's obvious what what we <laughs> want to do. Dan, what would you do with uh, the Chelsea situation? It's still an option that we need to have. Um, I wouldn't start him. Just keep I think him that on might the be bench. one of his problems. I like the fact that he's not getting decent amounts of game time, and when he's coming on off the bench, he isn't really. We are not exploiting him on the counter like we should be. He hasn't got the brain to see passes over the top, has he? He can't pass. It's all about him, and that's. The, there was, to be fair, there was a couple of times towards the end of the second half where he actually looked up and passed to one of our blokes. 
And that's the first time I can think of him actually doing it all season long. Because it's all about him running as fast as he can and crossing it in to varying degrees of success. There's even been times, especially in the Newcastle game, I feel like we're going to touch on it in a sec, but there's even times in other games where he's that he runs that fast that it still doesn't seem to matter. The, the, the opposition player he's chasing down just seems to still get the ball before him and you're thinking, you, if you're, you are this fast, why aren't you getting there first? I mean, look, I, mean, I think we all really... If, if we looked at it, we all knew what kind of what we were getting from him because we knew what he was like from the championship last year. Mm. I remember, I think all of us made the same comments in in the chat group when we watched um, Borough in the playoffs and just watching him beat his man over and over again, but then just hump the ball right out the he crossed, was just going straight out of play every time. Mm. And we, we all made comments on it. So nothing's really changed since then, other other than now he doesn't even get a chance to put his crosses in because he's, he's already ran into his marker. So I, I, we weren't. I don't think we was expecting world-class from him but it's, it's just the last few weeks for, for my view he's, he's just been really really frustrating if he didn't have pace he wouldn't even be in the championship it's because that's all he's got and it, it's it's frustrating because you can see that if used properly it's a it's a devastating Bennett throwing like weapon but it's just he's not got the brain for it and I don't think I don't, you can't coach that mm. I just don't see what just cut our losses and just get rid. Get Jordan Graham back. Yeah. Well, look, at he's tearing up Championship A, so... On the bench for no one. What a waste of a career. If I die my trail rape, I'll pull his finger out. Just show him, show, show him Graham's career thus far and say, this could be you, Adama, if you don't stop you could, running into people. You could play the piano, but not play football. I don't think we should let him go. No, I don't I think thought so. you've got to question the recruitment team and spending 18 million on him, but I suppose that was probably down to the wire, though. Probably a part of that, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I, I'd, yeah, personally, I'd keep him. I think have him on the bench because we've got small squad anyway. I mean, we can't really yeah. get rid of people unless we're bringing them in. But I think he'd be more worthwhile coming off the bench in those games where we're soaking up pressure and you get him to attack and chase the balls. Oh yeah, that's well, where you're just best. I mean, I'm saying. The only way you get let him go is if there was someone else coming in. You, yeah, we'd yeah. be insane to just get rid of him just completely because we have we ain't got the bodies <laughs> unless you're going to play Joyles over out there. <laughs> so mm. we all and, need him for the Europa squad, though. Yeah, that is true. That is who's true. this? Who's this, uh, this Japanese guy? That I'm was... not even going to attempt to try to pronounce the name, but it's already been debunked from from your boy Tim Spears, isn't it? Oh well, that's that then. But that's something like we you know we do all these transfer rooms, but as soon as the ENS pod comes out and debunks the myths or the rumours, then we've got two days. Selfish. We've got two days to sell this. Selfish boys. Uh, right. Well, before we get into the Newcastle game, we're going to talk about the game against Chelsea briefly. Not because of the game, of course. We won, though. Yay! Uh, it's because <laughs> yay. Uh, we were very kind. Uh, we were very kind. Someone was very kind to invite us to their box on Wednesday night. Indeed, it was the club sponsors W88. He invited some of the fan cast lads here to their box to watch the game against Chelsea. Adam, you were one of those people who were lucky enough to go. Indeed, I was. You little swine. Thank you. <laughs> uh, you went with uh, Andy and Ben and Roy uh, and a couple of other halves as well. We did. We did. Uh, it was good from what you from what you told everybody else. It was great, yeah. I mean, I've um, in about 20-odd years of uh, going to Molyneux, I've never once come close to doing corporates of any form and uh, now I have <laughs> through, the, through the medium of the fan cast but it was like the, the proper the Billy Wright boxes so um, 
We were it was in Sir Jack's, Sir Jack's oh, restaurant because okay. they, they were the WA Tate with the match day sponsors, so they were at the the top table. So yeah, it was just um, it's great experience. So that, uh, they they gave us a three, uh, a three course meal. Then we had the option of uh, going out onto the pitch for photos before the match. So we did that, and then um, one lucky person amongst us got the will had had the opportunity to go out onto the pitch before the game as the teams were out and have photos with the captain. Uh, luckily, that person was moi. Were you hoping it was going to turn into one of these things we see in Europe now where we have the um, the honorary kick-off where somebody actually kicks the ball off? Me. Were just, you hoping just, to do that? Hoofing out for a throw. Like Diana, a Diana Ross moment at World Cup 94. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this, is what, this is what we asked in the, in the chat for a number between one and four and no one ah, came back to okay, us in time because okay. we all ha- we, obviously all four of us wanted to do it so we all just picked a number. And then you were taking ages to get back to us, so I just asked the woman who was selling raffle tickets, "Would you just pick us a number between one and four? And luckily, she picked my number. Uh, so yeah, I went out and then um, had a photo, gave Connor Cody a little word of encouragement, and it while, worked. While it I was seemed. on the. Uh, yeah. Do you think it worked, or do you think it caused his own goal? <laughs> <laughs> I never thought of that. <laughs> Damn, I was. <laughs> I put him off, hadn't I? Uh, so then we did that. Come back in, watched the game from outside of um, outside the box, and then. Um, yeah, they gave us. We were just chatting to them all about like, the fan cast, chatting to them about WA Tate, and because as a company, they're not really, they haven't really got much footprint over there. So they're looking to Wolves fans to help grow their brand. Um, so they need to improve their social media uh, presence. So if Wolves fans can go looking for them on social media, then then please do that. And then um, yes, the game was brilliant, which which, uh, which I think we spoke about before uh, how, how great it was to come back from 1-0 down to, to win 2-1 and then uh, to finish off uh, I think Jota got the man of the match from from the corporate folk and then uh, Ben and Andy had the, the privilege of giving him his uh, man of the match champers it wasn't a Carlin oh. sadly we have moved on to champagne anyway it here, wasn't so. it was a, it was a hoity-toity so <laughs> they, they had the, the, the champagne and then um, also they had uh, a signed Wolf shirt yeah. in the frame, which Andy thought for a minute that he was going to be taking home with him, because <laughs> uh, he was he was he was left holding it. So he thought, well, is this this for me or what? <laughs> but that's going up a private place in WA Tate's box. So no, brilliant. Thank you ever so much to WA Tate for with the privilege. Yeah, no, it was, it was an amazing, amazing experience. It kind of came, it kind of came a bit out of the blue, didn't it? Originally, that twenty four hours before the yeah. game. Yeah, so it but, was pretty much out of the blue. You know, like you know, big thanks to them because it's a a bit of a, a real honour to be invited to. To do it that. was, yeah, it's a great experience. I've loved every minute of it. Uh, so thanks again to WA Tate for the uh, for the privilege of it, and um, yeah, just let's as Wolves fans just help grow WA Tate's brand over here. Right, we're going to talk about the game on Sunday night. It was Super Sunday, four o'clock. We were hoping for a better scoreline than the last time we were on at that time, and it was. And Wolves won two one at St James's Park. Uh, Jota gave Wolves the lead. A few minutes later, Perez got the equaliser for Newcastle, but. It was a last-minute winner, gentlemen. We all have a last-minute winner. Doherty with the header that sealed all three points for Wolves. Gents, really, and yet we won. But this was a bit of a poor game, wasn't it? Ultimately, the quality on the pitch. I mean, Martin Tyler wasn't even commentating on it. And that kind of sums it up for you. Uh, but overall, yes, we won. Great. And I think there's a lot to dig into. But game-wise, it wasn't the greatest game, was it? It, it was a Rafa spectacular. That's what it was. He was spoil, ruin, and trying to scrap a point out of a, a losing situation because they're terrible. That's exactly that's exactly what it is, and they're they're scrapping for their lives. And it showed because I mean, I've seen Newcastle before. And I've never seen them line up with five at the back before. Never. 
they always play at least a three or at most a four but never a flat back five which it was at times against us um, which is a compliment to us of course and especially playing against Chelsea but I just thought they were at home considering they'd lost was it seven out of nine, seven out of nine. Yeah. so six out of eight at the time going into that game you'd think well you need to put your finger out your arse a bit and have a go well they would have earmarked this game surely as a well, that's what he, he seems to do. He seems to earmark games where you get points from. And to say, oh, yeah, well, we'll settle for a point against newly promoted Wolves at home. That'll do us. He's a bit piss poor, really. But we could only react to what we were, what we had in front of us. Back-to-back wins. Is the tide in luck starting to turn in Wolves' favour? Well, it's, uh, it's keeping negative fans quiet for a bit anyway. <laughs> I'm not saying that to anyone in particular, by the way. <laughs> that's just like just an open comment. Yeah. I know I'm I'm the positive ones. I, I, well, I'm, when I say I'm positive, I'm not saying I'm gonna, we're going to win every game 5-0. <laughs> I'm positive about our, our long-term Yeah, our long-term plan. <laughs> um, but, yeah, because I mean, people were getting a bit concerned, shall we say, from like, the pre, the six games prior to the last two. But, I mean, two, after two like amazing wins afterwards, we're back, back in the top half now and the Europa dream's back on again. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it? I mean, we uh, this game. I mean, we as blokes love a late finish, don't we? So that, I mean, that was like that was just it was brilliant. Second, <laughs> second time this year as well. A late finish twice this twice this, <laughs> twice this year, twice this it, season. Rather. It wasn't a ridiculous sense. It still wasn't as incredible as a Bristol City one. For, for me, anyway, personally, I think there was more riding on that Bristol City game, wasn't there? That's why it felt so special. It almost took me a second to actually compute that we scored that last minute goal. It's because the roles kind of reversed, weren't it? Because we were down to 10 for longer, weren't yeah. we, on that one? But it, it seemed to go, because of being up in the clouds, it, you, you, I mean, watching it on telly, it was obviously as soon as it came to Doherty, it was, it was a goal anyway. But from where we were, you couldn't, you really couldn't judge anything at all. You get the binoculars out. Is, is, is it in, Alan? It's in! <laughs> <laughs> Another it's, like, it's like watching Sabutio from there, isn't it? <laughs> it's a, I, try, I did try the run. Did you try it? I mean, I, I did it when I was 19. I ran to the very top. Uh, what, uh, what flight did you concave on? A fall from the top. <laughs> That's good effort, that is. But, uh, yeah, with my stature and age, it's it was quite impressive. Um, but no, it just seemed to hang in the air for ages and ages. You thought, oh, it's just going, it's going to go over the way it's it's happened for us today. But no, fair play. I mean, and what I said on the last time I was here about Jota being on the left and being a tenacious little bulldog again, and supporting Vinagre on that left hand side. It's worked wonders in the last two games, and he's, he, he looks back to his best. It's amazing. Dan, initial thoughts on the game, post game? Just repeating what these guys just said, really. They were just there to spoil it, weren't they? And I still think we struggle to break teams down who don't really want to try and play football. We had enough chances to win three or four easy, didn't we, on another day? But it's, it's almost like we've just we've gone from traditional Wolves in the Championship where we couldn't, we can never beat teams who come and sat behind the ball to being promoted a whole league and it's exactly the same and we're so used to being like that the Wolves in, way yeah the Wolves way that it's almost like second nature already they're just they are a championship side aren't they they're just they're shocking they're, they're absolutely again it's coming from TV but first off they were alright Newcastle and they they did look nippy in the, in the final third oh. I just think to to me there were times watching the game because I think it was a poor game where there still seemed to be a sense of fragility about the side, our side, that I think a, a, a bit more of a better team might have put us to the sword. 
I think easier in the first half, but I think in the second half, once their man went off, we just massively grew into it. Well, it was more the case of when Matinho came on. Yeah. Um, because Neves, yet again, it's like a broken, it's like my assassination attempt against him, despite him getting a tattoo of a wolf on his, on his arm, regardless. He's just not doing it. He'll always it. have that memory when he leaves in January, won't he? <laughs> He's just not doing it. And Matinho came on and he just carried on as he left off at Chelsea. Him and Gibbs were just class again. Let's talk about the goals and Jota mainly firstly with the first goal. Again, this goal, when it came to Jota, even when it went in, a part of me thought he'd completely messed it up and it hadn't actually gone in. And again, it took me a second to go, oh. It's actually gone in. It's actually gone in. Yeah, the keeper didn't seem to make much of a conviction on his no. attempt to save it, did But he? it did kind of hit the keeper yeah. went in though, didn't it? It's yeah. kind of hit straight at him, wasn't it, yeah. Jota? I mean, first of all, I'm happy that Costa's off the mark in a goal and or assist. Yes, prison. yes. Um, it's overdue, really. I know he's not been playing great recently, much as it pains me to say, but I'm happy that he's finally notched in an assist column. Uh, he was a cracking ball as well. I think it was it Lascelles. He just went, he just went over his head. I think yeah. he probably could have done a little bit better with it, but it was great, great to, uh, to pick Jota out. I mean... If I was in Jota's position, I'd be doing that first time, which shows how much I know about taking taking uh, taking a uh, an attempt for granted. But he kind of yeah, brought it down, and then the shot was literally he was straight at him, and so he still just cannoned off to Bradford mm. and went in. It's a fair, fair play. I mean, like you said at the time, I thought, I was, I was doing because just, just just hit yeah, it, yeah, but yeah. He just, he somehow got the times. And even though the keeper was like two yards away from him, and he's five yards out from goal, take it down and put it in. It's funny because a few weeks ago that chance would have probably got over or hit straight yeah. at the keeper I mean, you expect you kind of expected him to the Ravka to just come out and just swallow it up yeah um but he went into that I mean you, you listen to David Priest on on Totally Football Show and whatever and he always says that the awkward place for a keeper is between either under the armpit or down low and he went from in between his armpit and he couldn't you can't react to that mm. and especially with the pace that he hit it with you think well Jota from a few weeks ago, it wouldn't have gone there. He would have just, he would have paired a pufty. It's the same thing yeah. that happened with Jimenez in his goal against Chelsea. Yeah, when yeah, the, exactly, he, exactly he shot it, he hit it close to the keeper, which they can't get their limbs too quick enough. And this was, yeah, exactly the same. Similar. But like you just kind of you touched on there, Jimenez, Jimenez, Jota, just seems to be the tenacious Jota that we saw last season. And it's you know, I think we talked about on the show last week. We were kind of thinking, oh, actually, is Jota really at this level? And the space of two games. He's just come back to the the Jota we know, and it's lovely to see. There's even times where, if the goal, the, the winning goal, which he set up, there was like four players on him, and they could not get anywhere near him. It's yeah, ridiculous. He, he, he look, it's a, it's amazing seeing someone's confidence come back so quickly from from being absolutely on its arse. It's it, it's I can't think of a time when you've gone from being so low to so high in the space of 180 minutes or so. And to what he's at now, where he's he's you got to look at that and think, well, he's one of the first choices on the on the team sheet now. Return of the Jedi, low point, end on a high point, could be 180 minutes. Yeah, there'll be film references for that. Better film references. Well, End Game. Oh, it could be. So we got. I can't, I can't contribute to this bit now. <laughs> Terminator Two. Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> should we just know some sequels? <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean 3. Oh. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, it's what I'm saying. A gold confidence brings, doesn't it? I think Gibbs was, since, he's, since he had that um, the Tottenham home game, his confidence has grew. I think he actually believes he's 
definitely good enough for this level now. I think he's probably just following Gary Lineker on Twitter. I mean, that, that shot from Gibbs White as well, that was a superb save from Dubravka. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he went through a couple of players as well. And again, it's the same thing. Would he do that? done that a few weeks ago? Probably not. Yeah, you probably... I mean, the, the step over for Doherty? Yeah. Yeah, that's quality. If that's me, I'm hitting it first time as Gibbs White. Never mind for do thinking of a step over. It was a really good save. I thought if he was like low on the ground, I think he would have went past him. Just the right height for him, I think. Uh, let's talk about the equaliser from Perez. Any get any kind of quibbles with that one? Great header. He's, mm. he's got in front of the crowd, hasn't he? I mean, probably, probably some of them are still marvelling at the free kick that come off, cannoned off the bar. Because, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, if you watch it back, when Perez, when the ball comes, when Rondon puts it back in again, in all that time, Perez doesn't really move in the box. He's just standing still. Just no one's really picking up on him. And fair dues. It, it's a it's for me. He's got to pick it up over. Yeah, it's fair head, isn't it? Really. Matt Moy would have saved it. <laughs> would Stefan Possumer have saved it? He would have got an hand to it, but I think he would have went in. Would Jan Buds have saved it? Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Jones' second spell definitely wouldn't have. He would have been just stood in the middle of the goal. Clincher is, would Graham Stack have saved it? <laughs> Anyone else? <laughs> Miami. Of course he would. What is Emmy Martinez doing now? Where oh, is he? It's too painful to think about. <laughs> uh, the big one of the big incidents of the first half after the goals, of course, were the bolly elbow or not elbow. Obviously, Benitez not happy with that. Why is he? Why was it that one he pointed for VAR? Which one was it? One he actually pointed for VAR? He did the it VAR the, uh, sending, sending off. off. Yeah. It can't it, VAR? He can't just go like that and think, oh yeah, okay, well, let's do VAR, everyone. I thought he made, I thought he made himself <laughs> look absolutely stupid saying that. But why, why, why complain about something you know you, you, is, he's not involved in the isn't game? Isn't it lovely when your team wins and the opposition manager and fans have got lots to moan about and you can just sit back and relax and watch it? He's just a hypocrite. It's lovely. He's just a hypocrite. The whole the whole situation is just a joke. Let's up the Bolly one though. When he went up with Perez, would, was that a red card or no. not? It was a, it was an accident. He's not look if he's. If he's got eyes in the back of his head, he he doesn't even flinch. Or, I mean, unless he can look without moving his eyes, which I don't think he can. Um, he's he doesn't know he's there. He's just jumped for the ball. He never looks at him. Yeah, exactly. So you, him. you look at VAR for that. You think, well, no, it's an accident. Fair play. It doesn't no. help that Perez is like me standing next to you because <laughs> Bolly's arms that high. It's always going to catch him around his, his head or his. Faces, isn't it? Yeah, there's, there's absolutely nothing in it, and the fact that he was, I think the fact that there have been so much cheated and rolling around and time wasting already that when he went down holding himself and the ref was just, well, no, this is my show. I mean, he has caught him in the bullseye, hasn't he? He's got it. He's got it. He's a full-on elbow, but at the point, the, the crux of the matter is, there's no intent there. He's, no professional he's just gone up, jumps in a pencil position. No, ever do that. Yeah, <laughs> I'd like to see some try, but there's lots of like. Sam and bobbing <laughs> the headers in the future uh, there was obviously a red card and that came in the second half where Jota was brought down I'm a bit contentious with this one I understand why they gave a red card but I think who was it in the middle? The Cells The Cells doesn't get across in time Even I don't Chris, think it's Chris Jordy Waddle admitted that after the game and there was an interview in there now that he was he wasn't going to get across. It's still a goal scoring opportunity. I might have given a yellow card for that person, but it doesn't look as bad when you're watching it. When you're watching it back and you know what's coming to first hand, you think, well, he's clearly he's got through, clear. Mm. And it, there was never a doubt in anyone's mind. Anything, what, is it, they, <coughs> they didn't even boo or anything to start with. It was like, oh shit, like they knew what was coming. Um, but then you watch it back and you're looking for where Lascelles is. 
But in the moment, you think, blank red card, and you look back at it, and I still think exactly the same thing. That Jota, would, it doesn't matter if he'd have got back, he would, Jota would have had a shot off, or, which is a chance on goal. Or, or he would have a for an open yeah. goal. I was going to say that, yeah. Well, when you watch it back on the replay, you can see um, from the behind, the, the the reverse angle of it, you see all the, the Newcastle players, are all just going, oh, God. Half of them know what's coming, so mm. there's no protest there. And likewise, yeah, if Lascelles was somehow to manage to get across, he can square it for a... Adama, who surely would have <laughs> buried it in the a bottom goal, corner. Goal scoring opportunity doesn't mean having a shot either. It can mean square. Yeah. So, on the, on the technicalities of the law, big fat Rafa's got that wrong as well. <laughs> uh, that's when Wolves kind of grew more into the game. Um, Jimenez had that shot, mm. hit the crossbar in the second half. I thought that was it. That was upsetting. Oh, yeah. What you were upset by that, were you? Well, yeah, because he's in my dream <laughs> team, isn't he? So I was. That's like, that's four points gone. <laughs> but of course, the goal. Came. I mean, when the goal before the goal happened, it, we got to ninety minutes, and I just thought this is really petering out for a one-all draw. Just kind of expecting, thinking, okay, okay, point really. In fairness, with the recent results, and then just like out of nowhere, Jota has that run saved, and just out of nowhere, Doc's there and just heads at home and uh, happy days on a Sunday night. Just, he seems to just keep running forever, <laughs> Jota. Because yeah. Matinho makes the tackle, doesn't he? Like, like nearby our own area, doesn't he? Yeah. On. Perez, I think it was. Anyway, and then he passes it off, and Jota gets on the halfway line. He just keeps going. And like you said, there's about four or five players who are just watching him. Yeah, not they, one they of just them keep like on him, do they? Yeah, they, 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 they do the old Stephen Ward backpedal. Yeah, going, oh, oh, he keeps, <laughs> he's keeps, lads, he keeps coming, he keeps coming. And then, even I think Jota even kind of gets round one of them in the end. I think they do yeah. catch up. But what I found with Josh in the first half, and I found it with Chelsea, that he was at times almost trying to walk the ball in the net, whereas this was the first time he actually decided to have a shot at distance. And it paid off. Yeah, I think I think his goal just brought that out of him. He thought, mm. "Well, it's monkey's off his back. Get it out of the way now." And it gave him the confidence to have a go. But yeah, I mean, it's Doherty still just doesn't stop running ever. You say it about Jota, but he just don't stop. You think as someone of of his height and his, he's not exactly slender. And he's not exactly small. So he's what six one, six two. Mm. He's got to be about fourteen stone. He's and he just don't stop running. It's amazing. So goal of the season now for Doc, for a right back really, in the Premier League. I've got to get him a dream team. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's in the if it listens to the um the Times on the game at the Times podcast, they all, all pretty much in the in the tips at the end. They all they're raving about him all the time. So you need to get him in your dream team because of the assist points. Because ultimately he is an attacking threat. He will. He's going to chip in another couple of goals, you would think, at least this season. Defensive winger should be his role. Mm. Not right, but ring back. Right, ring back. <laughs> he's, he's another one, isn't he? When he plays well, we play well, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, Michael Cox said on the um, Totally Show today that he's his Premier League Player of the Season. How many podcasts are we advertising here, by the way? Well, Stu's just throwing them all out. <laughs> any more, Stu? I'm well, sure they all advertise us Get them out now. Come on, any more. <laughs> There's other world's podcasts available as well. Yeah. I want to talk about individual players, Sace or Saïs, whichever one you're going to go for. Just he's really made. Use the pun. Yeah. There's balance in the force. Sensational. That's it. Was it that one? Saïs delivered with a plum there. Yes. Sensational. That's it. That's the one. But since he's came in for Chelsea and again with the Chelsea game. Just been, it's just he's added that steel that we were talking about in the midfield, and I think the question going forward might be more who now plays with Saïs 
rather than just size keep his place. Size keep his place. Is, is he say the ball at times? Yeah. Hey. Uh, oh god. <laughs> For me, it's I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs> it's Matinho. It has to be Matinho. Just because Neves is an idiot, isn't at it at all at the mini. We call him an idiot then. <laughs> See, yeah, he's an so. idiot. <laughs> he's just not at it, and. I don't know why if his head was turned with the whole all the, the link stuff but he's the one who's performed the least out of all the, the midfield trio it's Ronaldo come come to me Ruben <laughs> come home sweet Ruben uh, but yeah say he's just just great again against Newcastle I thought he's just he's just slotted back in where he left off last season hmm. he just does his job he doesn't do anything else he does his job perfectly well there was thankfully there was no abuse of him, which I thought that there might be at Newcastle, but no. Because they did hinted it um, as the teams walked out. They talked about it about what happened last time. Say, so yeah, we don't hear anything. No, in, which is obviously the right thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where was Shelby and all this? He was injured, wasn't he? Was he they injured? said, yeah. Just as well. <laughs> the uh, threat of Harry Potter was on him, on his tail again. <laughs> but it's odd. It's odd to think that's not the season we were talking about. Neves, Matinho, you know, one of the could be one of the greatest centre midfield partnerships. At Wolves, but could be the best centre midfield partnership of the Premier League. And I bet you wouldn't have thought, said to ourselves, fifteen games later, it doesn't really, it's not really working out. To be honest, I think you're going to put Sace back in there. Too similar, isn't there? Well, that's the thing. They're not yeah. physical enough. That's why they need to have someone like Sace in there. I said it the other week that, and Die wasn't the solution, but that sort of option was needed. I don't think it's good that they're not physical enough. I think because you looked at Matinho when he came on, he was. Throwing himself into some tackle though. I'm just comparing like to when I know, the I know. Watford game of Kapui and Decore, they just battered him, didn't they? Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. You, you, you're doing a bit of Vieira presence. Yeah. Um, but Matinho was putting himself about in the second half when he came on. Um, and he ran his bollocks off against Chelsea as well. Yeah, that, I mean that, that's as well. that's the, it was the, probably the logical thing to rest him because he was you know, yeah. a 32 year old man running around for that long. He's got obviously going to be knackered. Um, but their centre mids weren't really brutes, was there? No. But that, I mean, we're gonna. That you ain't got the brutes against Bournemouth either, really. I think they'd be a good game on Saturday because I think because they ain't, they ain't gonna come and try and rough out or something. They want to play football, don't they? Yeah, exactly. They just have the cheats instead. <coughs> Sorry. Sorry, I'm just thinking back to their promotion year. I'm hoping that, um, like with Sace, because him and Neves played together pretty much exclusively in the league like last season, that he would bring out more or the better playing in Neves, but then Matinho's back in the groove as well. I mean, I do agree, Neves has, has not been great yeah. at all. I mean, his best game, arguably, is probably still opening day. He might be another one that just needs a goal or an assist to kick him on. Yeah, because he's free, he's free kicks against Newcastle, yeah, which is really yeah, poor. Great, I know that one, that, that his first one was on target, but it was just, was for right. Neves, it was really but soft. even the long balls, he was trying on last year, they were dropping to people's feet, and there was mm. long balls, they're either coming, they're falling short, or they're going too far out of place. So some, something's not right. I mean, I'm confident he'll get it back, because Nuno will find it very hard to leave him out, because he is the, the poster boy for our team, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. So he's going to find it very hard, and have some explaining to do, if he, has to, if he takes him out. Because especially if, if he's going to get sold soon, I'm going to say the less, soon, less he the plays, the less transfer fee people pay, won't they? Well, yeah, if, if, he, if he's going to go at the end of the season, which I still think he will do, tattoo or no tattoo, then he's got to play, hasn't he? Because you can't, you can't sell him when you're off the back of just not playing him. Mm. That's not really going to boost the um, the transfer fee. Let's talk about um, good and bad performances of other players and let's talk a bit more detail about Troy because... He started up front and it, it just did not work once again, did it? The only thing he did was get felled, which was... He won a not, lot of fouls in there. Yeah, 
he got a lot of fouls, and the one that he, he could have been crucial didn't even get given. <laughs> when he was Lascelles, kind of forearm smashed him. Oh yeah, Lex Luger elbowed him. Nothing, nothing whatsoever given for that. But <laughs> he's just an enigma wrapped up in a problem. He's just there's no point of him being around when he's performing that badly. It took Thierry Henry a bit to get used to being a centre forward. <laughs> I think there I, is an well, argument that we, you know, people w- looked at that lineup, for example. We haven't talked about that and thought oh, why we dropped him and Ayers and Gibbs White. Um, and you've got to, it was the third game in nine days. You've got to mix up a bit. I mean, I'd surely. rather now, I'd rather play Gibbs White up front than him. If 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 we couldn't play Jimenez for whatever reason, I'll just put Gibbs White up there because. Poor Bonatini, not even getting the look <laughs> in him with his two. Oh, Mr. and Mrs. Bonatini were on the Haverton the other week. Very nice people. Of course they weren't. you just got to drop him and just hope against hope that if he is going to stick around and we're going to persevere with him, that he gets something off the bench. Maybe just just a freak, maybe just to reignite him somehow. But I just can't see where he's going to come from. Answer me this: How long have you had that mattress? Because it's looking even lumpier than my lockdown love handles. And while those might be more cuddly, a lumpy mattress is doing nothing for your comfort levels or your sleep. So whatever body you're rocking, put it on a Nectar mattress. And right now you can save over $500 on any queen or king bundle. That includes a Nectar mattress, foundation, mattress protector, cooling pillows, and sheet set, as well as our 365-night home trial and a forever warranty. Go to Nectarsleep.com slash save 500 and get hugged. Because he's just, he was diabolical. He's not good enough to stop because he's only got like five to ten sprints in him a game. And I don't think it benefits him not playing every week and only being relied on when games are stretched when most weeks we've been behind when he's been coming on. He's in some ways it's kind of been not trying to be disrespectful to him, a a bit of a glorified squad player, if that makes sense. If you were in a, if you were a a top six team and you had him on there, he would just be a bench player you bring on for the last ten minutes. Wouldn't you surely? I'd, I just don't. I just don't think. Yeah, he just doesn't seem to be a player that, at the moment, you'd be starting every week. I just, I don't think you can play him up front. It's just none of his attributes work with being a target man up front. I don't know. I know he's big, but his his whole game is pace. I mean, no matter how big he is, his whole game is pace and dribbling. So you're not going to get that by sticking him up front. Yeah, you own. can't read through balls. Yeah. yeah. So, so the, the only way you're going to get anything out of him at the minute he, by trying is he's on the wings. That's that's his that's his whole game. So I, I don't know why he put him... I'm sure he's got his reasons why he put him up front. So he tried to explain it after the game on match of day, but I can't see any logic behind having him up front. I mean, they've tried it twice, and both times it's gone badly wrong. Um, I, I honestly do think that he was bought as a wing-back option, just because he, he played there a couple of times for Middlesbrough, and he, he can actually tackle. When you, if you look at his... If you go on, the, the, on YouTube and look at his highlight reel for Middlesbrough, there's a couple of brilliant tackles that he puts in there. And I, I don't think that... Doherty starting the season like he has and just being a class act and he's just relegating him to being a bit part player Was there other players then good, bad anyone people want to make note of of the game on Saturday or Sunday sorry I was um, well I was studying Bennett's long throws for the first 10 minutes of the game thinking you play Cardiff and then look what happens you start doing long throws <laughs> I don't know why, but I'm actually really liking the long throws yeah. from Bennett. There's work, something about it. I, just I, I didn't think, think we'd do it. I didn't think it we'd suits it, Ryan Bennett to a T. Oh, he loves it, doesn't he? He loves it. <laughs> Trotting <laughs> along, drawing the ball, get caught, get it, it in. It, it's a fact that they found it out by accident as well. Oh, really? I was just not being 
well, 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 Spears said it in front of so many people last week. So he said that when they, he talked to Cody about it, and they had a competition in training just to see who could throw the ball the furthest. And, and it, Nuno's ears just pricked. And the, was like and Darwin didn't win. And the, yeah, exactly. And it, it was just a thing after training, just as a bit of a mess about. And he, he came out with that. And and it's just evolved from there. So it was something that seemed to be a complete accident. It does play into our hands with Bolly, doesn't it, though? Just that one launch into the box and Bolly just br- brooting his way to an head. And although it sounds quite what people would say... Um, old school and maybe outdated. It's it's a new, it's a different thing for us to use. Yeah, I mean, and if we it, are in the English Premier League, so let's use that to our advantage. You can't play <laughs> sexy football for ninety minutes, can we? Exactly. You got to have a rough and tumble. We're not a machine, are we? Slap and tickle. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else of, at all of note or bad note? Well, but the whole the whole back three again was pretty sound. Mm. I mean. It, Again, you're saying about the, their goal, but it was just a superb header. Mm. And you, you just got hands up sometimes saying, yeah, fair play. But now, I mean, Stace was excellent. I mean, but, man, oh, amazingly, I'd say man of the match was Jota for me. He was just everywhere. And he was, he was a constant threat for the whole game. Anybody else? Or, to, or do you want to go on to Champagne man of the match now? Just for this one game only. Just one game only. I'll give. Well, I'll give mine to. Uh, we always do champagne when the match. I thought. I thought. It, I thought well, listen to the podcast, Adam. Prosecco. <laughs> it's Prosecco champagne. Right. Okay. Let's yeah. do. Let's do matter the match. It's our I'm asking, I'm expensive expert. Lamborghini Prosecco is. Uh, I'll defer to the expert over there. <laughs> let's do matter of the match. Now, champagne matter of the match. It's uh, the bottle of Prosecco, and your caviar for your matter of the match. Stu is going for Jota. Dan, who is Jota? Jota constant well. threat. Goal. Assist, he's back. Yeah, he's back. Bye bye. First goal with Diogo J on his back. Oh, not noticed that. Well, he had silver last year because of the EFL rules. Oh yeah, true, true. Adam, your man of the match. I think for Doherty. There's always one, isn't there? There's always one. <laughs> Just because I want to be different, <laughs> and also because uh... he shouldn't be in that position to score. And because he only cost seventy grand. Seventy grand. I thought it was twenty-five. Was it good? Well, and it's like plus appearances and stuff. Oh, I don't know. It costs not a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, thinking for a, for a wing back to be in that position in like the eighty fifth minute or no, ninetieth minute, ninety fourth minute. minute. Yeah, but yeah, I was, I, was, I was still delirious about it to be honest. He <laughs> shouldn't be there. He did look again. He seemed to come from nowhere. Well, it, if you they, they watched it when they uh, did the analysis, and he, he was he was marking Kennedy the other end of the pitch. Yeah, and he just left him for dead. <laughs> It's just like Carl Emmerich, Charles all over again. Just, why is he there? But I don't care. But I'm so glad you're there. <laughs> uh, I'm going for Jota as well. Three for Jota. One for Doc. It's always one. Take that, Adam. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> All in all, though, gentlemen, a win. Always like a last-minute win. Up to 10th in the league. Everything is rosy again in Wolverhampton. Six is beckoning. <laughs> Europa, Europa. We've just made up for the Cardiff and Huddersfield, haven't we? We should have won them two games. I think we could have... Well, most people would have accepted to lose to Chelsea. You would have been upset to lose against Newcastle. I think it's all boils down to if you look at fixtures in blocks. We prob- Saturday, if you can get like three points there, you two points than what more than we should have been. Really, we're probably about six points behind where we should be. Really. Oh yeah, that that five five defeats in six or whatever it was. That yeah. was, that was a killer, wasn't it? When I mean, you look at the, the, the Brighton game, how, how brilliant we were that day. That deserved to win that land of defeat. Yeah. Right, before we get into the Bournemouth game, we'll do uh, another feature which will only either last for one minute or for the entire show. 
And that uh, when we did our mental health podcast, we hinted at, we started talking about um, which Wolves players would have fake or real Christmas trees. So for the fun of it, let's analyse, let's look into people's houses, let's see whether they do have fake or real Christmas trees. I've made a list, gentlemen, of people. You just have to tell me if you think they've got real or fake Christmas trees. Again, I have no idea if they do. We're just guessing here for the fun of it. Uh, How about Patricio? People are listening to this going, this is what I'm listening to. <laughs> He's been spotted in Ikea, hasn't he, Patricio? So he definitely would have bought a real one from out the front. Okay. He seems like a real man Yeah. to me in the Christmas yeah, sense. Got, uh, that was a nice little video on his Instagram where his little kids go running in, running up to him when he comes in the house. So even I enjoyed that. <laughs> I don't like kids, but I enjoyed that video. Have you got Quite, a cold heart? Is that what it I is? Just, I ain't got time for him. <laughs> I ain't got time for him. Get neither, neither of me and Stu, really, or, or Dave. <laughs> just got a choice. <laughs> Uh, uh, Bennett, real or fake? Oh, real. He would have cut it down himself. See, I think he's more of a fake tree man, <laughs> Bennett. I think he's a man who, once it gets one minute after midnight on Boxing Day, he's taking the tree down. Is it, that's it. Christmas is done. Back in the box. Done. He hasn't got time for, for real trees. He's too busy practicing his chords yeah, on the guitar. Exactly. We just say practicing his thrones in the garden then. <laughs> and that as well. <laughs> We've all done it though. Yeah, we all have all practiced long throws. Mom, mom, you watching? You're not watching. <laughs> Watch. He's both through the star on top of his tree from a distance, hasn't he? Well, actually, now because if he had a real tree, he couldn't tuck it into anything, could he? So yeah, there we go. It had to be perfect, perfectly symmetrical. <laughs> you can't get that with fur. Uh, Bolly. I don't think he's even got a tree. No, tree is. No. Yeah, got time for it. <laughs> just wants to play Candy Crush, and that's it. Uh, Doc. No. Okay. He, yeah, he's, he's not. It's he's not, he's not his bag, is it? A real? He tree? has no, got. He has. He's got a real trim. He's got like you know them um, those little putting machines where you, you put it into all and you like yeah, you yeah, get yeah, it in, me, shoot yeah. it back to you. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. got one of them that leads up to the Christmas tree. He's got his, his Christmas tree is almost like a crazy golf course in his house. Exactly. I like it. I like exactly. that. Exactly. The tree's not the focal point. It's just a hazard <laughs> in a way, isn't it? Um, Matinho. I think he'd be a real man, yeah. wouldn't he? Such a class about the man, so he'd have yeah, a classy yeah. Christmas tree, wouldn't yeah. he? I'm thinking silver, silver yeah. kind of thing. Silver, silver and white gold. Yeah. <laughs> are, you, are you saying you're not a real man if you don't have a Christmas, a real Christmas tree? Oh, yeah, that's oh, that's obviously the title of the, the podcast. <laughs> oh, I've got a real, po- I've got a real Christmas tree. Look at me. No, I, I'm, I'm misheard. Mis- <laughs> mis- <laughs> I thought you were saying if you haven't got a Christmas tree, you're not a real man. That's for you to interpret. I don't think I'm. I'm not even putting a Christmas tree up. It's because you're cold heart, isn't it? That's why. Um, yeah, I got time for Christmas. It's, it's just a break from work for me. Uh, Neves, again, I would think real tree. Well, he's the Antichrist now, so now. It's just a stick of fire. She's <laughs> <laughs> getting the voodoo dolls out next of, of Neves. That's the top of your Christmas tree. He's got he's got pepper armies with, with <laughs> matchsticks sticking out the side. That's that's Neves' Christmas tree. Um, Cav. I think Cav would be a fake Christmas tree person. I don't. I don't think Cav would have a normal Christmas tree. He would have multiple little LED ones throughout throughout his house because it's a bit bling, isn't it? Yeah. But the, he speaks. I don't want to clip my fingers. He does speak incredibly well, though. He can. Yeah. It's. I think they've done one video of him in two years of him being here. <laughs> and if you you, it's been to be, it was a few weeks ago, and he speaks. He's almost like thespian. He has got. He has got. Uh, a, a quite a nice accent but it's very not high pitched but quite well, I don't want to say feminine either but it's like David Beckham yeah decibel level yeah 
Very, very surprising. You think he'd be a bit more gruffer? Yeah. You think you think he'd be a bit like the uh, the guy from Green Mile? Oh, don't know about that. Michael Duncan, Dun- Michael Clark Duncan, yeah. Duncan Clark. I don't know. He's dead, eh? Rest in peace. The big lad, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jimenez. He's, I think he's still living in a hotel, so I'm going to say no tree. He uses the hotel tree as his tree. He just puts presents the, under the sits, hotel sits tree. Sits in the lobby all night long. Sir, I've told you for the fourth time, do not put presents under that tree. Thank you. That's, they're not real chocolates, Raul. <laughs> We've told you this. <laughs> oh my God, my mouth. <laughs> um, <laughs> what was that? <laughs> that's him do, do, easy. Do it, do, it, do it in a more of a Mexican accent. <laughs> I'm not even going to bother. <laughs> um, how about your boy Tim Spears? Because I did ask your boy Tim Spears. Whether well, he has a real or fake Christmas tree. Well, so, so does your boy Tim Spears have a real or fake Christmas tree? I think tree? real tree with all the trimmings everywhere. All the trimmings of the real tree. Adam, real or fake your boy Tim Spears? He would have a couple of branches out of an empty cider bottle with a little tiny bottle cap on the top for a star. Okay. So in, in short, fake. Fake, okay. <laughs> Dan, real or fake your boy Tim Spears? Fake. <laughs> It was fake. It's gone for a fake tree this year. How about your boy Nathan Jadar? <laughs> oh, the, real or fake? The, the biggest real tree in all of the Midlands. <laughs> yeah. so we asked him also. What do you think he said to moi? Real he, or fake? He's probably grown it in his own orchard. <laughs> I reckon Judas had one imported nursery, from Canada yeah. somewhere that's got. It's been vacuum packed and everything, so it's pristine, so you can have it out. In the front of his house. <laughs> Massive bay window. Yeah. Home Alone style. Yeah. Gentlemen, Dudari's fake tree. <sighs> I think he's gave you some fake news there. Oh, no, he sent me a picture, by the way. He sent me a picture. That feature went well, didn't it? <laughs> went really well. Right, let's talk about the game on Saturday. It's a classic three o'clock kickoff, everybody. We're back to three o'clock. Uh, Wolves are at home to Bournemouth. Uh, Wolves obviously 10th in the table amid Bournemouth in 8th I'll do the gully preview in a second but can we make it 3 in a row I'd love nothing more than smash them into oblivion yeah, well, let's not talk about that game that 2-1 defeat at home when I was going to be the 2 one away as well what the uh, was that the home one was when um, VLP and Doc got both sent off yeah just before Christmas was that was that just before Christmas you're ruining the quiz Dave you're ruining the quiz <laughs> I mean <laughs> I've got nothing I've got nothing anyway uh, the Gully preview uh, firstly they've had a distinct drop off in form they've lost as many games as they've won now I was looking at the fixtures earlier they've only won like two in the league in the last eight I think it's not that it's incredible it's only one or two points behind them yeah in the league, we're yeah. only one point behind them one point the they, they have had a drop off then definitely yeah. um, they're still six no, they're right, oh, almost. Right, no. But the fact they're still there, given some of the, the recent results, obviously they lost 4-0 at home the weekend to Liverpool, who are now top of the league. Um, one of the points Goody makes here is that many of their signings have flopped, um, FOB being one of them, um, and obviously Goody makes a point about uh, that 2-1 defeat. But let's talk about Eddie Howe firstly for Bournemouth, because there is obviously still media attention on him in terms of could he be a future England manager. Do you get the hype with Eddie Howe, or is it just media wanting an English manager again to replace an English manager in the future I've got no real problem with Eddie Howe I just think he's yeah he's massively overhyped and he, but and he's had the backing but he's still developed a, a very good team with well it's not even limited resources because they've had more resources than a lot of teams in the league but you've still got to do it you've still got to do your job and to get them playing that style of football 
when you got others, the uh, the British Managers Club of Allardyce and Pardew and all the rest of them, then you, he's got to get some kind of credit. I just don't think I think he's vastly overrated for what he actually is. Anybody else? How? Any thoughts on Mister How? No, I've not enough thoughts. I would just agree. He's just massively overhyped for for me. He just probably will be like a contender for England manager because there's not many contenders, is there? And he's doing very successful, given given the size of the club, the money potentially well, he might have or not have. He's not like the highest ranking English manager then mm. in the in the league. I mean, he probably will be, but I mean, that's not to say that he's great because the the talent pool available for an England manager is is very short. I'd, I'd, I'd I'm not sure. I, I get sick of the old. Uh, plucky little Bournemouth tag I just it's, it's an easy thing though for me isn't it it's the, it's, it's the underdog story that we we all latch onto eventually if they were northern no one would care it's it's a it's a proper southern media bias thing that is um, but the other thing about it the only time he's left Bournemouth he failed massively at Burnley he burned yeah <laughs> nice then he was reborn yes. again at Bournemouth Yes. No, no. Cut that out. <laughs> uh, last five results for, uh, for Liverpool for Bournemouth. Of course, they lost to Liverpool at home four nil. Uh, they did beat Huddersfield two um, one at home, uh, but then they lost three uh, one to Man City, two one to Arsenal, two one to Newcastle as well. Old Bournemouth uh, for our team. Then obviously, do you make any changes? Because I think the key thing which I talked about with Newcastle was Sace. It seems like more that he keeps his position, but who partners him up? Is it Matinho? Is it Neves? Is it Gibbs White? What would people go for? This is going to be another one, like I said when I said two weeks ago, that there's no point talking about it, and then Nuno actually did change things. <laughs> um, personally, I'd bring, I'd go back to what we did against Chelsea, and play with Gibbs White kind of floating rather than the rigid three-four-three, three, just because of the movement and Wilson being a, a, a constant pain and a threat. But is he not injured? I don't think I think he should be back. Oh, is it? I'm not 100 percent sure on that one, um, but personally, I w- that's what I do because I, even though he had the, that assist for the, the Jota goal, Cost didn't do anything again, and he's more of a he's almost as frustrated as Troy Ray, and that's saying something. But I'd, I'd that's the only two I'd, I'd change it up with um, Moutinho and um, Gibbs White, and well, Jimenez obviously as well, and just go back to the Chelsea team as it worked so well, and we played better against a, a better football inside, which is what they are. Anybody else who changes at all? Not just the middle, could be elsewhere on the pitch. Can't change any of the back three um, or the wing, the wing backs. For me, I, I'd have to start Gibbs White. Mm. Have to. Just because he's bloody good, isn't he? <laughs> Gibbs White, he's bloody good. I'm get a, I'm him a bit, on the plane. Get him on the plane. You're going to be like, do the one thing, have a plane this big, getting everyone <laughs> on there. Um, but it's a tough one for me to call, actually, with the, the Neves, Sais, Moutinho. I don't know. I'm not quite sure what I would what I would do. Um, I'd like I'd, it's wor- it's clearly it's it's working well with with Sais in there. So I wouldn't like to um, to drop him. So I pl- I keep him and then I'd flick a coin with Moutinho and Neves, but. I mean, but if you're going to pick on form, and it's like a brave man for him to do it, but he'd have to take Neves out. Dan? Yeah, agreed. I think Jimenez for Traore, and then it's it's Martino or Neves. And keep Jota and Costa on the wings. 
I would like, oh yeah, for me, yeah, just because I've got Costa in my dream team. He needs to stay, and I, I need these points at the moment. <laughs> There's always the forgotten man. I was just going to say, Cavs just sat there on the bench. Oh, the even more forgotten man. It's never even been mentioned. Don Donker debut Dan Chelsea. Yeah, he he does live, and he. I, I thought he, he was an ironic cheers when he came on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> more than anyone else. And it, it was like his, his first touch of the ball, massive cheer fell. But I don't think it. He don't look fat anymore. He looks quite slender. So I think when Sace inevitably does get his suspension in a few weeks' time, <laughs> so he's already two two appearances, two bookings. Was it three? Three now. And is it, um, if I've got this right, is it Bennett, Cody and Jota are all one booking away from getting a... It would be a one-game ban, Yeah, it's it? one game. So one of them's getting a booking. Yeah. Against Bournemouth. I mean, it's a bit daft. They, they could all do a game, book next game, because I know Liverpool's going to be a tough game, but you wouldn't... We don't want to lose to Liverpool, but you could tech losing to Liverpool, couldn't you, at the moment? If you're going to be tactical, then have a, that's what I mean. Use the Liverpool Mourinho, as a free hit. Ugly tactics. Yeah. Ben, you could get booked, and you can throw um, Den Donker in for him. It's when you lose two of the back three that's house returns. In a house party on a Friday night against Liverpool, it rates itself. He's got a very upright run, Den Donker has. If that is, his chest is out. When he's running on, just, just something I noticed <laughs> against Chelsea. All right, before we get into the quiz, Dan's quiz at all, the quiz master is here. Let's do predictions for the weekend. How are you feeling of this Tuesday evening, Wolves versus Bournemouth in the Premier League? Adam, what's your, what's your prediction? Third 2-1 in a row. Third 2-1 in a row. Okay. Stu? I'm hoping for a smashing 4-0. You know that doesn't happen, though. I know it doesn't happen, but one day it will. <laughs> and if it happens against them, I, the day after my uh, unfortunate operation as well. So I, but thankfully, I can drink from 11 o'clock in the morning, so I'm okay. But I can't be jumping around. Can't be jumping around. So you, you're secretly hoping not for a 4 No, I'm hoping, I'm hoping to be in severe pain, <laughs> which will give me more pleasure. He's hoping to need another operation after the game. <laughs> <laughs> so 4-0 for Stu. 2-1. 2-1 another 2-1 I'll say 2-0 2-0 Wolves standard it'll be a standard Saturday afternoon win we're still not keeping track of these no no we're doing the quiz sure yeah but no, that was the quiz yeah. ones not the, the oh, predictions oh no the predictions will be done in due course uh, see I do listen Stu does his homework basically Anyway, let's do the quiz, everybody. It is the versus quiz, which Dan, the quiz master, is here for. It's versus Bournemouth. Now, on last week's show, Stu dropped the bombshell. They had actually made a, a league table of the wins. Now, because of Stu's win last week, I presume Stu now takes the lead over Andy in the table. Yeah. Top of the league. And I guess it's either for Stu to really have a vice-like grip on the league or for a chance for either Adam or I, who are now... Battling out for third, fourth, would that be? I think you you were you made a judge's call in the group last week and you were awarded another point because you did win on the mental health podcast quiz. Stu's inquiry. So just can you just give us quickly the top five, Stu? Me with four, Andy with three, uh you two with two, and then Ben. Ooh. Rich Baron, Paul, Dan with one. Here we go. Dan, you've got your quiz. Please start in quiz manner. If we can do like Crystal Maze, then will you start the fans, please? <laughs> anyway, you, 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 you're all going to know this one. So this is an easy one. Who was the last player to score for Wolves at home to Bournemouth? I'll come to you first, Dave. 
Because you're a bit of a rookie at these quizzes. Like a dark horse. He was last place to score at home against yep. Bournemouth. I actually really don't know. I'm going to say... A phobie? I've no idea. I really can't remember. Adam? Yeah, I was going to say a phobie. I'll stick to it, though. A phobie. Stu, to get the point. It seems too obvious to be a phobie. Um, oh. Dicko? The correct answer from that 2-1 game was Danny Graham. <laughs> oh, yeah. I do remember that. Well, rookies. Oh, yeah. Rookies. <laughs> Good old Danny Graham. Anyway. We'll all know this one, apparently, yeah. is what he said. <laughs> well, I was just convinced you'd know that one. 77 would have got that right. <laughs> we had two strikers on our bench that day. Name them. Come to you first, Drew. <sighs> well, if Danny, did Danny Graham start then? Yeah. Oh, what a glorious time. Um, two strikers on the bench, okay. Um, it was before Vyman Murray. Oh, this, how long was this? Four years ago? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Holt. And. Would Siggy have gone by then? Probably. Yeah. Um, Grant Holt and... I'll say Dicko again because he might be on the bench. So that's your two. Dave? So I think I'm getting the years wrong here because I was going to say Sagbo. But I think I've got the year wrong there. I'm going to say... I'll just say Dicko and Sagbo. The ultimate duo. Yeah, I was going to Sagbo. I'll stick with Sagbo and I'll say... Oh, we didn't have Holt. We didn't have both on the same time at Lowen, did we? Sagbo and Holt. I'll say Sagbo and Holt. All three of you haven't got one correct <laughs> answer there. <laughs> what? The two strikers were Leon Clark and Liam McAlinden. <sighs> I think next. that's what we. Was, I think we went through a bit of a. Glo- I think Van der Parra might have started up front with Graham that game, thinking about it, because we was that low on strikers at the time, yeah. and that's when we ended up signing Holt and Sagbo roughly around that time. God, you're awful, lads. Next question. Wolves have played Bournemouth only nine times in our history. Five in Cups, four in the league. But what's the highest score on in those games? I'll go 4-1. Adam? 3-1. 4 all. Oh, Dave, you was close. It was 4-3 to oh. Wolves in the Freight Rover Trophy in 1986. It's sort of a similar to the... Um, a classic cup. What's the... Check a trade now where there's like southern and northern area group sections. So the next question is, in the three teams southern section preliminary <laughs> group that Wolves were in with Bournemouth, so there's three teams in a group, who was the third team with Wolves and Bournemouth? Oh, God. Plymouth. Dad loves a Plymouth. For a standard answer. I need to start like just getting Plymouth Wolves questions just to give you a chance. I'm for, for clarification, that's the fifth time he's mentioned Plymouth this season. Worked the one time, didn't it? Got a soft spot for Plymouth. Green Army. <laughs> I want to say Oxford. So, so is this going to be a weird southern section like when we were in? Still going to say St Ives. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Swindon. The correct answer was Cardiff. <laughs> oh. I, I was close to ge- geographically. Yeah, it doesn't work like that string. <laughs> <laughs> this is a tough one. <laughs> like the others was easy. Former Wolves and current Bournemouth midfielder Andrew Sermon was born where? 
Oh, this is going to be a proper curveball one. Frankfurt. Wow, Dave, you have <laughs> gone, gone a bit left field. Really gone left field with that one. Portsmouth. All the pressures on Adam. Stuart's gone for Portsmouth. Portsmouth, Frankfurt, um, and what? I can't believe you've gone Frankfurt. <laughs> <laughs> a British Army naval base in Cyprus. The correct answer was Johannesburg, South Africa. See? See why I went left, left field now? I, I well, I also went outside of these yeah. shores. <laughs> right, still no points for anyone. There's, yeah, so... We've got God, one lads, question, this is awful, come on. One question, then he goes to a tiebreaker, which is probably going to be needed. What historical moment in Wolves history occurred on Andrew Sermon's debut for the club? Historical moment? In, like, in the world? No, in Wolves' history. Uh, Wolf history. What historical moment in Wolves' history occurred on Andrew oh, yeah, Sermon's debut? It's me not listening properly. I think I know this, so... <sighs> Stu thinks he knows this, Dave. Historical moment. I'll let Adam go first. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm just trying to think of the date and time. So it would have been this was when was in the Premier League under McCarthy, wasn't it? Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to defer to Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I do, you, do you want to take the point, Stu? I thought I'm, I'm probably wrong there because it, it, McCarthy did sign him day, and I, I was thinking of the year before, the year after that. I thought my, my first instinct was the seven thousandth goal, but I think that's probably wrong there. Well, that's your first answer. So you got it wrong. It was the eight thousandth goal. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> it was the seven thousand five hundredth goal. No, it was our first Premier League away win. Away to Wigan, Wigan 1-0. Keo. Yep. Just something <sighs> as simple as that. Simple We're just overthinking it, aren't we? So now? No. Just overthinking it. So it's the first time, I think, none of us have got a question in the main bit for it to go to a tiebreaker. Yeah. Can I just say, that was terrible from us last Yeah, it was. was. Poor four. We'll make it easier next week. <laughs> no, just make it easier for us when we're in there. <laughs> so we're going to a tiebreaker. Tiebreaker, though. To the nearest 100... Mm-hmm. What was the attendance for Newcastle Wolves the weekend? I think I know this actually. 50,170. Okay, we might have to go to the nearest individual then. 50,171. 50,136. The correct answer was 50,223. <sighs> Nicking these quizzes once again. <laughs> I'm telling you. He's, he's just... He's, he's brilliant, isn't he? What was he, the attendance? 50,223. What did you say? 171. One, one, one more than me. Uh, bear in mind that... Cop out. S- sliming his way up. Bear in mind... Bear in mind... Bear in mind, yeah, that I do these quizzes most weeks and I'm now wearing the table. Uh, Third? You, you don't, actually, because I've got the attendance for, per quiz. Um... You've actually played five, six times there. I stand by my statement. And he's played seven. I've now played seven. So you, you'll you now... But you are joint second there with Andy. I'm telling you. I'm going to steal it. 
from under your eyes. He's going to one nil his way. I <laughs> will be the quiz king. Right, we're going to end the podcast on Twitter corner. Your chance to send us your questions. Wolves or non-Wolves related, we'll answer them at WWFC Fancast on Twitter. Or you can email us, podcast at wolvesfancast.com if you want to. Uh, Brett, straight in there. How many chickens would it take to kill an elephant? This is the question of our time, gentlemen. Let's make sure we answer this. How many chickens would it take to kill an elephant? It depends if if they were free range or not. Because if they weren't, if they were captive chickens, they'd be pissed off, wouldn't they? So they would go mental all over that elephant, wouldn't they? Um, I suppose they're grain fed. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, sensible two hundred. No, an elephant would take out a lot of them in one go. We want fell stomp. So I'll say I'll fell at stomp. Least two th- <laughs> at least at least two thousand. So we've got two hundred two thousand down. How many chickens to kill an elephant? <laughs> one Theresa May sized chicken. <laughs> I just, I just, I, these questions. I'm sorry. I'm just daft. I think that's the point, though. I know, but it's just like I don't think any amount of chickens could kill an elephant. <laughs> I think they probably could. Them too daft to kill an elephant. <laughs> they wouldn't know what to do, and an elephant would just but stamp you, on if them. If you gave them time, if you trained them. Oh, you so now you're going to change in the subject now. <laughs> oh, so why don't we just give them guns? If you could, <laughs> that's, a, that's a point. All laser beams on the head. <laughs> Have you never seen Chicken Run? It's a great film, by the way. Yeah, it's an animation. Yeah. So that means that oh, let's get the the, the, the animators to just draw guns on the wings, and I think that'll be the sequel, won't it? Chicken guns. Chicken run <laughs> the revenge. Just chicken guns, that's better. Four chickens <laughs> laced up on heroin with a gun on each beak. <laughs> that's all I can think of. And the blade in the back pocket just in case. <laughs> yeah. Four four dirty chickens. I, I, I'll go with Dan's. Four. With all those utensils. Should yeah. have been turkeys, really, for time of year. Let's not get testicle, shall we? Testicle? That one as well. Uh, uh, Chris B3, Chris, who tweeted last week, said, uh, I asked you last week if Jota would step up to the Prem. This week's question, how stupid am I? Well, we all, him as well, I thought he was complete, I thought he would be a bit of a chancer. I don't think he ever would. I think uh. he's quite stupid. That's there my response. <laughs> Straight in there from Adam. The brain of four chickens... <laughs> That's so stupid. Uh, another question for Chris Walters, which I think I think we've we've kind of talked about anyway. But do you think Jota performs better when he has a more attacking wing back behind him? The games he's played with Vinagra uh, have been stark contrast to when he plays with Johnny. It, it's a bit it, it's coincidental that I think since it, they've joined up, it has worked better. I think he's when he's got a bit of a challenge more than an attacking wing back because he has to do some defensive work with Johnny behind him. He doesn't really have to do anything. Because defending is Johnny's bread and butter, so I think it's probably more to do with that than being, having an attacking wing back behind him. But whatever the answer is, it's it's working. Or is it the fact that Aspiliqueta had now cover for him, so it was two against one, and then he was playing against Championship wing back? That as well. Just breaking it down, Danny. Just give him a bit of realism there. Stewie's in fancy land. Danny's in realism land. Real city, Texas. I don't know how you're both in the same room. It's just two polarising views. Uh, uh, yeah, a goal and assist has done him good, but I don't think we need to be overhyping him. I think it, it was his general level of performance against, uh, admittedly, a championship team. But if we'd have played a, a, a cup, t- 
a cup game against a championship team with his form before, he wouldn't have played like that. We'll just swap the name Neves and put Jota yeah, in the Juventus Neves is That's what's going to happen. This week's Costas as the scapegoat. He's making himself a scapegoat. Uh, just before we finish, it's time for the advert, gentlemen, which we always read out every single week, and it's from our partners, Pixel Yeti Media. If you're looking for a new web design or your business needs a bit of logo or a bit of marketing, go check them out at pixelyetimedia.com. Gentlemen, what what do they do? You've, you've heard this advert many times now. List off what they do, Adam, without looking at the sheet. Who <laughs> Pixel Yeti Media? Yeah, what do they do? They're not they're not just web designers, are they? What else do they do? They never make pixels. They do make pixels. What else do they do? Well, I've done my one. So you can uh, they're a creative agency. They are. Digital marketing. Doesn't say that, but I'll give you that. I'll give you that. And the sponsor of the fancast. They do. The no. greatest podcast in all of the land. The award winning. Uh, they do more than three things. They do more than three things, Adam. They do oh, lots wow. of things. Sorry, I was only aware of those three things. Enlighten me, tell me what they do. Well, they do websites. Oh, they do brochures. Fantastic. They do signage. Awesome. Marketing. Great. Logo design. Okay. Do you not say digital marketing? No, just marketing. I think they would do digital marketing. Okay. Uh, and branding as well. So you can go check them out at pixelyetimedia.com. See? There you go. Thank you to the sponsors. And what? that's it, everybody. That could brand these chickens that I'm going to kill an <laughs> elephant. I get over that. Pixel Chicken Media. They could brand the guns that the chickens <laughs> have. You, you ain't getting over that. Though. You're going to be thinking about that how all night now. heroin addicts could eat chickens before the sunrise? What are we answering answer <laughs> that question? I'm sure that's from Dust Till Dawn 4. Well, what, what are you asking? How many heroin, heroin, heroin addicts can it take to kill an elephant? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, but there's a there's a there's a method behind that because they could just stick a syringe in the elephant. What's yeah, a chicken gonna yeah, do? Yeah, but what would happen? Oh, to this display making it, so it's alright. Just carry on. Chicken like, <laughs> all they can do is egg an elephant. That's all they can do. Yeah, but what would happen if you put heroin into an elephant? It'll go, go insane, wouldn't it? You wouldn't yeah. be able to kill it then. It'd be invincible. You could actually be breeding a new breed of super elephants that rule the the earth. So don't, I, don't be getting heroin addicts to inject elephants. I'm going to West lesson. Park. I'm collecting them tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and that is where we're going to leave this week's podcast, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks to our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media. You can follow us all week on social. Just type in Wolves Fancast and you will find us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And you can check out our website, wolvesfancast.com as well. And we'll be back next week, gentlemen, for our kind of Christmas special. Because as per usual, it's the podcast nearest to Christmas. We'll be talking about that game against Bournemouth and previewing the game against Liverpool. And surely there will be more talk of animals, yeah, animals versus animals, which Dan will lap up completely. Stupid. Your homework <laughs> for uh, the next time you're on the podcast is to come up with a legitimate way that chickens could kill an elephant. And I need you to report back on the, your next appearance on the podcast. Okay. Good. <laughs> For this week, it's bye from Adam. Bye bye. Bye from Stu. Adios. Bye from Dan. Tada. Bye from me. See you next time.
ACAST powers some of the world's best podcasts. Here's a show we recommend. Hey, what's up? I'm Sean T. I'm the host of Trust and Believe, a podcast where we take you on a journey every single week to help you trust and believe in who you are. From food struggles to nutrition struggles to even motivating you in your fitness, we help you push so that you can conquer your mind, transform your life, and always dig deeper in every area of your life. I am your biggest fan, and each week you will know that I'm bringing you everything you need to help elevate your life in the best way that you know how. So please join me every Every Monday and Friday, so you can always trust and believe in who you are. A cash recommends.